Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 26th, 2020, and this is officially episode number 436, and this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com, and uh, give a thumbs up in there if you could hear us in the chat room, feel free to join us. In the chat room, you can get a, a, a link to that through ParanormalKing.com if you're not there already. I do appreciate the crowd gathering in chat. We got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. I took uh, last week off. Um, why not? Why not? Um, but uh, back this week, a lot of stuff in the news. There's a lot of stuff just piling up in the news I, I guess uh, some of these states are getting back to normal here in the United States. Uh, somewhat, we are somewhat here in Ohio back to normal for the most part. You can get a haircut, which a lot of places you can't. Um, restaurants are slightly open. Uh, there's a lot of different things that are that are kind of uh, slowly coming back to normal uh, here for us in Ohio. And I just got an email that. Um, a uh, organization I play baseball with, they want to start playing baseball Sunday. So it's going to be kind of awkward. You can't no high fives and you can't spit and all that stuff. And uh, can't sit in the, in the dugout and all this other stuff. And you can't use each other's bats and things. Just really weird stuff. I don't know, but I'm not, I, I don't know. It's going to be awkward if I do go. But anyway, this week we've got plenty of news on tap for you. I uh, do have a very short very quick, very concise conference update for you. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stories about Bigfoot in the news this week. Uh, Bigfoot, also Skunk Ape. And we're going to talk some movies. I know a lot of you are getting stir-crazy. You want to get on and get out there. Uh, but we got some movies for you. The top 10 Bigfoot movies ranked. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, another one of my favorite topics we haven't had a chance to talk about in a long time. Yes, the Tasmanian tiger, but also, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to find out in a couple of minutes. That's what we call a hook here in the business. We're going to talk some alligators as well, so you know that wasn't it either. Uh, we're also going to talk about that parallel universe, if you heard that story. And maybe I'll throw in a couple of extra tidbits. Uh, We'll mention that uh, UFO in Brazil. Why not? We'll talk about that if you haven't heard about that business. Uh, But first, let's jump into some updates here on the conference and convention scene. It's been a complete and utter disaster as far as for anybody who has been setting up any type of conference or convention this year, no matter what it is for, especially for the paranormal conference and convention scene so you know obviously they start out in pretty much march is like the first big heavy month Uh, april and may is really when things really kick off especially in the cryptid field ufo field seems like it uh, kind of starts out uh, at about may as well but you know obviously all this stuff hit in march there was a lot of uncertainty as to whether any of these things would be able to take off and uh, some of these organizations kind of held on hope that in maybe in April or May they would be able to have these events go on as scheduled. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And we're still seeing some conferences and conventions that are just canceling because uh, of the limitations or of things that are put on them by the local or city, uh, state, county ordinances that are in effect uh, for some of these uh, events. And uh, just about every week, the last few weeks, I've been providing a little bit of an update. Anytime I hear anything, I try to pass it on to you guys and also update the events listing. Yes, the official Paranormal News Insider events listing at paranewsinsider.com forward slash events. Or you just go to Paranews Insider and you click on the events tab there at the top. It's a complete mess. Um it's, everything's crossed out and rescheduled and 
postponed, canceled, all sorts of things. I've been trying to keep up to date as well on ones that have uh, – they were waiting for dates to be announced. So uh, there's still a few – uh, a lot of things are still up in the air, but uh, there's been some big decisions in the last couple of weeks since I've been here on the show. Um, let's see, the Fort Mifflin Paranormal Expo 2020. That was set to take place June 6th. That's been canceled due to uh, Pennsylvania's stay-at-home orders, which were extended until June 4th. The event will be back in 2021 so it's uh not going to take place this year they also not going to take place this year the haunted america conference set for june 26th and 27th in alton illinois yeah canceled first time in 24 years that event has been canceled uh, a lot of stuff has happened in uh, 24 years but no event this year in alton illinois that's pretty much the big event uh, and the ghost scene, it's been around, well, it's been around 24 years. Uh, so a long time, pretty much the same amount of time I've been involved. It's been one of the premier events. Um, so it's just kind of scary. It just shows you what's going on here. Uh, let's see. It's going to be back, though, next year, June 25th and 26th, 2021. Uh, Kecksburg UFO Festival, which would have been uh, and its 15th year has been canceled as well. The event was set to take place July 24th through the 26th, but with the uh, uncertainty behind the pandemic, uh, the organizers decided uh, the best option was to just cancel it. I mean, it's still the end of July, uh, but you never know what's going to be going on or what's going to be happening. And um, it's a little village, Kecksburg. It's just really a small area. Uh, and it swells. And I can tell you, uh, being a speaker at that event, uh, I've been there a visitor for a, a few years uh, in and out. Uh, it's one of the more busy events on the East Coast. And it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but hundreds of people, actually thousands of people. Uh, the one the thing I read said the festival attracts around 5,000 people over three days. Uh, that's a lot of people. And the majority of the people are there on Friday night. Friday night's when the fun kicks off. Uh, Saturday, they have a uh, like old-fashioned days. They kind of mesh everything together. They have uh, carnival rides and fair food and uh, burnout contests, which is my favorite thing. Uh, a lot of people are there. So they decided to uh, be ahead of it and not wait till the middle of June or beginning of July to say, yeah, we're not going to do it. They're doing it. I think it's smart to just go ahead and cancel it uh, out ahead of all this. Um, and unfortunately, it, it does bring about 30% of the department's yearly revenue in from that event. So they're going to do kind of a drive-through kind of thing uh, to try to make up some of that lost money. Um, but nothing beats the Kecksburg UFO Festival. I had a lot of fun there the last few years. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad that that's not going to take place. Man, I'm going to miss those cheeseburgers and those fries, oh, I can just taste those right now. And that burnout contest is, is something else. It's uh, pretty, pretty extraordinary. Uh, the event will be back July 23rd through the 25th of next year. And pretty much everything that I've got on my schedule uh, canceled. I had uh, two June library appearances I was really excited for. Uh, but I've pretty much known since the middle of March that I uh, wasn't going to be able to go to either one of those. And now they're both officially canceled. So I got, uh, I got June. I guess I'll work out in the yard or something. I don't know. I'm going to be pretty bored. Uh, not really. I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. i got some exciting stuff in the paranormal and maybe something here for the show as well. I'm going to be working on some uh, indoor activities, especially since it's really, really hot out here. I'm not sure we're... About you guys, but it's uh, pretty warm. Pretty warm outside in studio, too. Uh, so let's jump into some cryptid news. We've got a lot of cryptid news. It's been kind of piling up over the last couple of weeks. And this first story, I don't know why. I should have seen this coming. There's a couple of stories this week that I want to talk about that um, I don't know why. I, I should have thought of this. I knew it was going to happen. Um. And if let me just preface this. If you're one of those anti-masker people, 
you know, it offends you or it takes away your rights or freedoms or whatnot, you're not going to like this story. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, I mean, gosh, first we have anti-vaxxers. Now we have anti-maskers. I mean, what's next? Uh, anyway, during the COVID-19 lockdown, we've heard a lot of memes. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff. People are passing through social media about how nature is healing and, and everything is uh, – the world's becoming healthier. It's, it's – uh, you know, there's no – no, uh, there's the fish are returning here, and the the ice caps are are like freezing, and and uh, uh, the dinosaurs are coming back. All, all these weird things that people are talking about, nah, they're not really coming back. I wish they were. That would be great. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff is overblown about these the the environment healing and everything else. It's it doesn't happen that fast, unfortunately. Um, but it's a nice sentiment to think that a couple of months with people staying indoors a little bit more than normal would change the world that fast but uh, you've also probably heard the last few months the reigning social distancing champion is bigfoot and uh, he or she i don't know i've never really um looked in the further uh might be enjoying the humanless world uh, so what about the other side of the coin this is one thing we never thought of the uh People who are actually out there researching and investigating Sasquatch and or Bigfoot. Well, lockdowns and social distancing mean that Squatch hunters can't go out in their normal packs of people to seek out the creature. It's not safe. It's not smart to go out in giant groups of people like they uh, sometimes do. Uh, they're either going to have to go out alone or not at all, apparently. And one might wonder if Bigfoot and his cousins notice what's happening with the noisy and smelly humans staying away. Well, our good friend Todd Standing, well, no, let me do that over again. Uh, Todd Standing, the British Columbia researcher who has been at the center of controversy for many years, from his sketchy claims to his Netflix documentary to suing the Canadian government over the purported existence of Sasquatch. Uh, well, he's got a say in all this. And he says, uh, Standing says, quote, they see the change. I'm seeing animals moving slowly out and, you know, kind of taking the territory back. It's almost like nature is fighting back from the human virus. I suspect even right now they're going to push into new territory, into the fringes of their territory. Unquote. Uh, Cliff Berrickman of finding Bigfoot fame uh, begs to differ. He feels that squatches haven't even noticed. How would they, Cliff says, quote, do you notice when there are no flies in your garage? Probably not. Uh, in all seriousness, they probably don't give a, uh, a darn. A darn. This is a family show. I can't use the, the other D word. Uh, they hardly notice humans, and they're mostly out at night, unquote. Wow, so you got quite the uh, belief systems here. Uh, others feel that other things going on, such as the massive wildfires, have gotten their attention more than a mere absence. That makes sense. Uh, but the big debate going on amongst the keyboard warriors of the Bigfoot field is whether or not Bigfoot could be susceptible to COVID-19. We haven't thought about that, have we? Um, just like everything else in the Bigfoot world, the logic is based on the belief system. So it depends on what you believe, pretty much. Uh, not really any facts or figures to go along with this. But uh, according to a Vice.com article, another article published in Science Magazine states that scientists believe apes could be uh, infected with the novel coronavirus, especially Obviously, since they can't actively conduct social distancing and certainly won't wear face masks, uh, even if threatened with local ordinances or uh, people yell at them and take their shopping cart. Uh, because of this, many Bigfoot researchers are afraid Bigfoot could become infected with COVID-19 and die. We don't want that. Uh, Thomas Seward, a Canadian West Coast Squatch watcher, uh, says that he's going out in the woods only when wearing a mask. 
I wonder if it's camo. It's black. I wonder. Uh, yeah, so he's only going out of the woods looking for Squatch when he's wearing a mask. Uh, he doesn't want to spread the virus to the Sasquatch population. He doesn't want to be that guy that causes the, the downfall of Sasquatch, the end of Squatchiness as we know it because of COVID-19. Uh, Seward said to Vice, quote, I'm getting word out to my fellow investigators. Try to wear your mask when you're out there in the bush. Don't try to get a close interaction right now. Not until this pandemic runs its course. Because we know the populations are growing in North America, we don't want to jeopardize that by bringing them COVID-19. Unquote. I added my own dramatics there for uh, uh, dramatics' sake, I guess. I mean, wow. We know the populations are growing in North What? Wear your face mask. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure what to think. Uh, Cliff Berrickman responded to this statement by saying, quote, uh, I don't think the Sasquatches are in any danger. Like, when's the last time you were within six feet of a Sasquatch? Unquote. Drop the mic uh, and uh, pick it up again. Uh, even Todd Standing has a little bit more sense as he says uh, he's been isolated, so he doesn't wear a mask when looking for Sasquatch. Well, even then, he says he's only been close enough to transmit COVID-19 three times in his life to Sasquatch, so it should be fine because, you know, he gets that close all the time. I mean, you watch his documentary. Anyway, uh, he did say that he won't be bringing them apples. Uh, he says, quote, I take that precaution because it would kill them. I have no doubt. Unquote. Okay. Not sure how you don't wear a mask, but you don't want to give them apples. Uh, I don't know. There's there's logic in there somewhere, buried deep down. Uh, the article states how COVID-19 has affected the Sasquatch researchers. As we just discussed, uh, events have been canceled. And uh, expeditions that Standing operates for hundreds of dollars ahead have been postponed What's he going to do? Uh, and Cliff's North American Bigfoot Center has been shut down temporarily. Uh, I mean, really, are, are we worried about spreading anything else like the flu to Bigfoot? Are we taking any other precautions? Do you wash your hands before you go squatching? I shouldn't have said that. And that was going to be a poster somewhere that says, wash your hands before squatching. And after squatching, for that matter. Um, let's see, let me get a link to that story. So one of the benefits, one of the perks of being live in the chat room is you, uh, you get, uh, early dibs to these, uh, links. And during the week I do, uh, post these in social media through Facebook and through Twitter. And so Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Paranews Insider and Twitter is at Paranews Insider. And so with those, you can follow along with some of these stories during the week. I, I don't inundate you with 15 or 20 links a day. Don't worry about that. Do maybe one a day. Uh, that, that way, if I'm doing six stories, you get one a day. Just kind of measure it out to you a little bit uh, so you can uh, follow along in what is going on in the world of the paranormal. And it's yeah, I know you can Google this stuff, and I know you can read some of these uh, news sites, and I actually have news on the paranewsinsider.com website as well, but I don't always use all of those links. Sometimes I use different links, and those are the links I generally share in the chat room. So it's going to give you different information or more up-to-date information or the uh, one of the first pieces of information. So it's not been tainted or uh, used by other organizations. Uh, that's what I like to do. I, I like to drill down to the beginning of these stories so it's not getting everybody else's opinion on top of it as well. So Bigfoot, wear your mask when out squatching, please. Um, well, here's a feel-good story 
for you about Bigfoot. This is a, a cute little story, and it's something that I've kind of talked about. I've mentioned this, uh, similar things over the years. Uh, a lot of organizations, parks and recreation offices, they use Bigfoot, especially here in the United States. I think I've heard about a few uh, United Kingdom over the years. Uh, they like to use Bigfoot in public awareness campaigns to get uh, people to get out in the parks. Uh, it's a way to get people's attention. It's a way to uh, have a little fun with the outdoors. And so sometimes they use the image of Bigfoot or or uh, the the topic in general to bring some awareness to uh, the fact that, hey, there are places you can come out here and hike, bike, and uh, have fun outdoors. And obviously, we're in a little bit different of an environment right now with what's happening with COVID-19. So things are a little bit, I was going to say touchy, but I guess it would be less touchy right now because of everything that's going on. So um, I don't know here we had, here in Ohio, we've got all kinds of stuff like that. We've had uh, ones where there were cutouts hidden in various parks and you had to find the cutout. Um see a lot of uh, social media efforts. We've talked about a lot of social media things here on the show over the years. Well, one in Washington earlier this year. Uh, but Gatorland Orlando has taken this theme and customized it to Florida, as Florida does. Um, and this no, this story does not start with Florida, man. So, no. Uh, and they've also, obviously, they've, they're having to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. So, Gatorland Orlando wants to make sure that guests understand how to keep yourself and others healthy during this unprecedented time. So park officials have introduced the social distancing skunk ape to their advertising campaign. That's right, the social distancing skunk ape. Uh, the social distancing skunk ape encourages guests to stay six feet apart and to wash and sanitize their hands as much as possible. It's just so weird. Whenever I hear... People say that are commercials. I don't know. It just sounds so dystopian. It's like it's the end of the world here. Uh, so social distancing skunk ape. I think he really needs a nickname like S SD skunk ape or hanging with the SD. I don't know. Something something different. It just doesn't sound right. Uh, he's already appeared on Gatorland's YouTube show titled Gatorland Vlogs and its Facebook show called School of Croc. School of Croc. And if you haven't seen this uh, this dude, I do have a picture, believe it or not. That's the other perk. You get to see some pictures. I mean, first you get to hear me for, for an hour, and you get to talk with the, the nice group of people that's in here in chat. But you can also see some pictures. This is a customized job. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Took some graphics and put them together for this guy. There he is, the social distancing skunk ape at the Gatorland Orlando. Looks a little scary. He's got his hand sanitizer right there and a little rag. He's got his own T-shirt. I want one of those shirts. Anybody gets a hold of one of those shirts, i got to get me one. Uh, yeah, there he is. And speaking of Bigfoot, can't get enough Bigfoot. I mean, we went weeks Literally weeks of not hearing any Bigfoot stories. So it's nice to have a bunch here back to back to back. No, no sightings, unfortunately. I don't know what's going on. He, he must be in hiding deep, deep undercover. Um, but if you can't get enough Bigfoot, like I mentioned, I know a lot of people are getting stir crazy. They're getting cabin fever. Uh, they just want to get out, which is weird because now it's getting hot. Some people just want to go back inside. Uh, the weekend before last, uh, Screen Rant released an article that showcased the 10 best Bigfoot movies ranked, all according to the Internet Movie Database. And I'll be honest, as I read through this, I, I kind of had, uh, I knew a few of them that were going to be in there, but I'll be honest, there, there was a few I've honestly never heard of. I mean, I never heard of these, and a few that I, I totally forgot about, and I want to go back and and actually watch. So number ten on this list was Primal Rage, which was released in 2018. 
Uh, the movie presents Bigfoot as a mixture of a warrior and a magical being. Uh, but it's also full of gore, if you like that kind of stuff. So uh, a gory movie there for you uh, for Primal Rage. Uh, number nine on the list is Willow Creek, and that's from 2013. Willow Creek, California was the site of the controversial 1967 Patterson-Gimlin film, in case you weren't aware. Uh, the movie relies on the Blair Witch Project style of filming. I'm not a fan of that. Not because it makes me sick. It's just, it's been done. It's been done. Uh, really, it's it's kind of lacking on action, but uh, I hear the ending is particularly good, although I've not seen that yet. Willow Creek. Uh, number eight movie of the top ten Bigfoot movies ranked by the Internet Movie Database is really it's uh, I'm going to put the second favorite on the list of mine. That is The Legend of Boggy Creek from 1972. I'm kind of disappointed. I was actually kind of shocked when I read that. I was like, wow, that's that's number eight. I was really disappointed, kind of shocked to see that film so far down on the list. Uh, it's really it's the only one on this list that's based on real events uh, that happened in the early 1970s in the Falk, Arkansas area. And if you haven't seen this, you got to watch this. this. It's a classic. Uh, and the music, nothing beats this music. Uh, if if the if the constant chirping of crickets and the uh, the great acting doesn't get you involved, and, and the, the scary monsters don't get you into this. The music will definitely hook you. Uh, it was actually re-released in 4K earlier this year as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, number seven on the list of the top ten Bigfoot movies of all time uh, is a movie called Exists. It was released back in 2014, and this is another one that's been on my list since it came out, and I still have yet to see it. Now, speaking of the Blair Witch Project, this was uh, actually created by the creator. Is that right? Created by the creator of the Blair Witch Project, Eduardo Sanchez. So that's probably worth watching. The number six movie on the list is a comedy starring Justin Long, Steve Zahn, Jonah Hill, and Ashley Scott. It's called Strange Wilderness and was released in 2008. Uh, I didn't think the movie was that great to be uh, that high up, but I, I guess with good and well-known actors, it's probably going to bump it up a little bit. Uh, number five movie on the list is The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot, which was released in 2018. This is another one I have yet to see. I've kind of heard mixed results from it. Uh, it was going to go out when it came out, but uh, I don't know. there were some other movies that I watched instead. And uh, the movie stars Sam Elliott, who is a retired soldier who took part in a secret operation to kill Hitler and then is asked to kill Bigfoot in 1987 to save the world from a pandemic. Uh, the number four movie of the top ten best Bigfoot movies as ranked by the Internet Movie Database is number one right here. You can't see where I'm pointing. It's right here at my heart. Uh, I love this movie. It's really probably one of my top favorite paranormal movies. I mean, obviously, Ghostbusters is number one, but this movie is right up there. Very, very high. The 1987 comedy classic, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, I've actually uh, been fortunate enough to see some props used from this movie and, and meet uh, some people who actually helped make that movie. So, great movie. And there's a lot of lessons taught during that movie, but the, the characters, I think, are especially believable. And, you know, even though 1987, I, I think it stands the test of time. And, you know, that ending whew, gets me every time. It really does. Uh, number three, Letters from the Big Man from 2011. As soon as I read that, I was like, Oh, man, I totally forgot about this one that I've been wanting to watch. And now I'm going to make it my goal to watch it by this weekend. Probably won't happen, but it's on my list now. Uh, the movie finds a hydrologist 
and artist uh, whose name is Sarah Smith, who encounters a Bigfoot in the forests of southwest Oregon, and she isn't afraid. And the movie isn't afraid to show Bigfoot, even if it starts to go invisible, from what I hear. Uh, this is probably the most serious of the ten movies on the list, uh, but I hear it's really, 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 really good. Uh, number two on the list is worth the watch, as it has some hilarious parts. I know I didn't have big expectations when I saw this movie, but uh, i got to admit, there are parts of it that were absolutely hilarious. And uh, some, some Bigfoot-related stuff that was spot-on and also hilarious. Uh, the, it's a Bigfoot comedy called The Sasquatch Gang, which was released way back in 2006. And I'd rank that as my third favorite on the list uh, so far, until I watch these other ones. Uh, the number one film on the list is the only animated feature, and it's called Missing Link, and was released in 2019. It stars uh, Zal- Zach Galifianakis and Hugh Jackman, Wolverine himself, which uh, more than likely helped this movie land at number one, because it certainly did not do very well in the theaters, from what I remember. Uh, so let me throw that linky-dinky in the chat room. Hopefully I won't land on anybody. Had that problem before. And uh, there you go. And again, don't worry if you can't get the links. You're not listening live or you're not in the chat room. I still love you. Don't worry. Uh, you can, uh, again, you go to facebook.com and go to Parent News Insider. And uh, throughout the week, again, I'll be putting these links out there for your consumption. Make sure you uh, chew before you swallow. Uh, and one topic, let's see, we got one, two, okay, I got a couple more stories here encrypted. Uh, but one topic we don't really get the chance to talk about very much. I was excited. It finally popped up into my newsfeed. I don't think, I think I've mentioned this, but I don't think we've had an actual story in the uh, almost 12 years of doing this show. An article published in Russia, let's see, Russia Beyond is the name of the, I guess it's a online magazine? I don't know. Uh, With the title, The Motherland of Mammoths, Can the Woolly Beasts Still Be Alive in Siberia? Well, that was published a, a couple of weeks, actually last week, only been a week. Uh, the article asks the question, can the mammoths be found alive in Siberia? This is a big topic. And I'm surprised it's not come up more often in the paranormal news. Uh, a majority of remains of this elephant-like creature are found in Russia. And many areas are extremely remote. So that begs the question, could these creatures still exist out there in the wild? Now, there are plenty of stories, plenty of rumors of people who have seen these creatures out in the wild. Uh, there's a big rumor that a group of military pilots spotted a herd of potentially woolly mammoth in the 1940s uh, from the air. A group of people in 1978 claimed to have seen about a dozen of them drinking from a river and so on and so forth. There's, there's literally dozens if you look up woolly mammoth sightings in Russia or Siberia, you're going to see a lot of stories. Um, but uh, most of them are considered urban legends and not reality. There's really no v- verification. There's no proof. There's no evidence. There's nothing left behind. There's no uh, chunks of hair or a, a mammoth tooth or a, a leg or a, you know anything else that they can bring back that can positively date this to this uh, time. Uh, So mammoths, well, they became extinct on the mainland about 9,000 years ago. Thanks to to us, thanks to human hunters. Uh, Wrangell Island, which is in the Arctic Ocean, way up there, way up there, it's got to be cold, uh, was the last holdout for the creature, but those died out about 4,000 to as recently as 3,300 years ago, depending upon who you ask. Uh, this means these creatures were alive during the building of the Great Pyramid of Ancient Egypt. 
that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, as far as the remote and expansive areas of the Siberian taiga, uh, over the last few hundred years, this area has been traversed and mapped a number of times. So it's considered um, it's considered explored. There's really nothing out there that's a mystery. Although it's, I mean, it's a ginormous expansion of land. I, I don't know how you could see all this this area, but uh, it's ginormous. Uh, Woolly mammoths once occupied areas from Spain all the way to Canada. Now, that's when we had that land bridge. Sure, would be nice to, and handy to have it now, wouldn't it? Um, the land bridge was still there uh, so they could cross uh, at will. I don't think they had to pay a toll or anything. No way, that was Jersey. Uh, Russia's permafrost is where a majority of the remains, including soft tissue, have been recovered from. But that doesn't mean that the mammoths were more plentiful here, though. It just means that's where they were more easily preserved. Uh, of course, another animal that occupied a similar area, including most of the United States, down to Central America, was the mastodon. That's our creature. That's the one we like to brag about. And a lot of people get uh, a little confused by the two, which is easy. It's easy. Um, so I do have a picture to show what these dudes look like and do that so i'm sure there was dudettes of these uh so here we have the woolly mammoth there on the left and the american mastodon on the right they look a little different woolly mammoths a little more stocky a little taller in the front there it's got those uh curved upward little uh ivory tusks that got him in trouble and the American Mastodon well, looks a little bit more elephant-like. Elephant-like. Um, so the American Mastodon went extinct about 11,000 years ago. And uh, you know, woolly mammoth Mastodon stories. Again, if you do, if you Google these, uh, there's dozens of purported sightings. Uh, some stuff as recently as uh, 10, 15 years ago as well. Um, and, you know, people wonder, well, what's the big significance? And this is the, one of the reasons why I have always wanted a story on this. And uh, when this popped in, no hesitation, it really wasn't a whole lot about this story. It was just kind of bringing up the topic. Uh, but the reason for that is the, uh, the possibility of the woolly mammoth surviving into modern times was actually the basis for Bernard Hulveman's 1955 book on the track of unknown animals. And the significance of that book is is that's what helped create the cryptozoology movement. So we owe a lot of that to the woolly mammoth. And that brings me to uh, uh, kind of a quick pause here before we get into the next story. I, I want to mention that uh, I did post a link on the Facebook page for Paranews Insider. Uh, I should say the Paranormal News Insider at uh, Paranews Insider uh, Facebook page there. Uh, asking you what your favorite cryptid book is. Is it On the Track of Unknown Animals? I don't know. Is it, uh, is it a cryptid book at all? Is it a ghost book? Is it a UFO book? Let me know in uh, on the Facebook page there. And we'll talk about some of these entries next week. And uh, kind of been contemplating when I get the time. I'm going to uh, want to update the Paranormal News Insider website, and I would like to add. Of course, I got to find my notes. I just moved, so I have boxes all over the place. I have uh, somewhere in this pile. I have a listing of all the books of the week that I used to do. I used to do book of the week, and I kind of got, uh, kind of took a lot of time to read these books because I'm not going to talk about a book that I haven't read. It doesn't make sense to praise a book or to blow up a book that I, I've never read. So, uh, But I would like to get books back out there. I, I think it's very important, especially since we don't have conferences or conventions right now. So books of the week. So I'm asking you, the listener, uh, to help with that segment next week and head on over to Facebook or even Twitter. That's fine. You can tweet me, at uh, Paranews Insider, and let me know what your favorite book is on the paranormal it doesn't have to be cryptozoology it could be ghosts 
could be anything. And I've read a lot of books in the last few well, a few months, a few years as well, That since I've been doing the book of the week. So uh, what I want to do is update, uh, probably do a, a web page and put all the books of the week in there, uh, listing in probably different categories and so on and so forth, and pick a random one every now and again and talk about it, as well as hopefully add, continuously add to that. And it's a good way uh, for me to get out there. I know there's a lot of people, I can tell you don't listen to the show, first of all. Gotcha. Uh, people contact me a lot and they want to be a guest on the show. And they want to talk about their book. Well, one problem with that, I don't don't really do the guest thing because everyone else does the guest thing. I got to have my own thing. I got to be difficult. And it's probably not the best uh, the best format to have because my stuff, as soon as I, I hang up the mic for the night, it's already outdated. Uh, whereas a, a guest can come on and talk about a show and it could be relevant a year, two years, 20 years from now. Uh, I get that. It's my shortcoming. That's okay. Uh, maybe in the future, we'll be doing some authors and bring some people in dealing with some of these topics. But right now, we're going to keep doing what we want to do. That's what I want to do. Uh, and, until you, the listener, tells me otherwise, uh, we're going to keep doing it that way. But uh, I'd really like to bring the book of the week back, or at least start talking about books instead of just movies, TV shows, and of course, conferences, conventions. Uh, so one last story here in, oh my gosh, no, two more stories here in cryptozoology. Uh, the second time this year, more footage of the Tasmanian tiger has been unearthed. I thought it was a a rehash of, of what came out earlier this year, but no, it was different. Uh, this year, uh, earlier this year, I think, when was that, back in February, March? Uh, there were seven seconds of video that turned up in the home video footage from the 1930s showing various animals in zoos, including the one who would go on to be known as Benjamin, the last known Tasmanian tiger or thylacine, whatever you want to call it. It's fine with me. doesn't really matter. Uh, but now the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia, the NFSA, uh, has unearthed footage of Benjamin in 1935, just 18 months before his death. The 21-second footage shows the thylacine pacing back and forth with zookeeper Arthur Reed banging the cage. And it may look, uh, you know, kind of mean or whatever, but uh, the reason why they did that, and it's in other video as well, you have to kind of watch Um the uh, thylacine will actually it does what's called a threat yawn. So it yawns like really big and it's got this really huge mouth. And they were hoping to do that for this video, but uh, it didn't happen. Uh, so more footage, and I'll get that link out in the chat room, and I'll get that link out to you during the week. It's on popularmechanics.com uh, if you're interested, if you're in that big of a hurry. But I'll throw that link right here in live in chat. And you can uh, watch at your uh, leisure. Just not right now. No, I'm just kidding. You can watch right now if you'd like. That's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, anytime you get to see new footage. And they were talking a lot about... Yeah, Doc? Everybody okay? I think so. Oh, no, ambulance. Jeez, I did it again. Um, there was talk to in these stories. Uh, this story just came out. Uh, some of the people are talking about they're really looking hard and heavy to find even more video of the thylacine from that. It's, I mean, it's pretty hard to talk about 1930s, mid-1930s at that, uh, trying to get more uh, more video evidence. But it uh, would be really nice to see a little bit more of the Tasmanian tiger. We've seen some footage the last year or so. Uh, we had the colored footage of the original footage which is really nice to see. The last story I have for you in cryptozoology is was a big topic last year, and it made my top 10 paranormal stories of 2019. And yes, it's May 26th. Uh, the story just happened on May 23rd, Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, and we have our first alligator sighting in the Northeast Yes, on Saturday, May 23rd in Kentucky Lake. In Kentucky, that's real. Kentucky Lake. It's a real lake. I've seen it. 
Uh, Kentucky Lake is actually the largest artificial lake by surface area in the United States east of the Mississippi River. That's a random factoid of the day. You're welcome. Uh, it occupies western Kentucky and Tennessee. The Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife arrived to find a dead alligator on shore that was more than three feet long. It's possible the alligator was struck in the head by a boat propeller and eventually died on land. So obviously this isn't one that just spontaneously appeared in Kentucky, in Kentucky Lake, in Kentucky. Uh, it was more than likely dumped off by somebody. It was a pet that they abandoned, didn't want to take care of. That's not how we do things, folks. That's just mean. Look what you did. You killed the poor thing. You could have scared somebody. You could have killed somebody else. Um, do the right thing. Just make a phone call. Yes, it's illegal. Uh, I know it's illegal to transport one. I'm not sure if it's illegal to own one in Kentucky or not. Um, but most of these states, if you call and say, look, I've got this thing. I don't know what to do with it. It's usually, most of the time, going to be no questions asked. Because uh, they'd rather have uh, take care of this thing and do something with it uh, than have it show up like this, dead. Uh, let's see. Well, let me get uh, through that link in the chat room. Uh, real quick, UFO news. Um, no, there was not a UFO crash in Brazil. That's it. Uh, moving on. Well, you didn't hear about that? Uh, it's been all over social media. Yeah, it started from a story. And something happened out there. Not sure exactly what, had not been able to figure it out. Uh, but then all of a sudden there was a bunch of UFO chatter on social media about a crash landing and a sighting. And then uh, it all got swept away. Well, the reason why it got swept away, because it was pretty much a hoax. And social media is kind of cracking down on that kind of stuff. And some stuff got deleted off of Reddit and got deleted on other social media platforms. And people thought, well, this is a cover-up, of course. Uh, there's some videos on YouTube. Every one of them I've seen is hilarious. Uh, it's not real. It didn't happen. It's just a giant hoax. People are bored. Very bored. Uh, yeah. Throw a uh, link to that in the chat room as well. And we'll see if it... Uh, story's still kind of coming together. Uh, if I hear anything else or I get a little bit more information, I'll talk about it next week, of course. And let's see, what do we have? A uh, couple stories here. So I do have a, just a really, really interesting one here in the ghost arena. Not a whole lot of a story, uh, more kind of a concept, but a really interesting concept. I never really thought about this. Uh, despite all the stuff happening. Uh, so you think about this. Um, people have been locked down since uh, pretty much March, right? So a lot of people uh, unfortunately lost their jobs, uh, told not to come to work. Uh, people locked down to their homes, spending way more time with their pets. Uh, the cats want them out of the house. Uh, kids couldn't go to school. So the parents are like, who are these kids? And why am I stuck with them? longer than two and a half months in the house. Uh, so one interesting side effect of all this has been reported by the Atlantic Paranormal Society, and you might know them lovingly as TAPS. You know that TV show, Ghost Hunters? Way back when? No? Yes? Okay. So, yeah, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, TAPS, says it's received an increase in reports of hauntings about 35%. I don't know, don't know how they figured that out, but 35% uh, increase in cases since lockdowns began in March. Um, so Jason Hawes says that uh, he's kind of, some of him, some of them are probably real, uh, but a lot of them probably have a more mundane explanation, such as uh, the house, ex you know, making noises from expansion or, you know, the kids tearing things up. And the fact that you're just spending more time in your house and you're bored out of your mind, and maybe you're you're a little fearful about what's going on. So of course, uh, but you know, didn't really think about that as being one of the things that uh, 
what's the side effect of all this of, of people sitting at home that maybe people are going to find more hauntings they're going to uh, really realize what's going on and unfortunately a lot of these groups probably aren't going to come to your house uh, because of the uh, the lockdown and all this other stuff and whatnot but yeah i just really hadn't thought about it that's pretty much the story but that's kind of an interesting concept to think about what is really behind that is there really anything should there really be an increase or is it just because people are, are, are a little afraid about what's going on or they're stuck at home and they just they're bored so maybe they're seeing things or hearing things i'm sure there's plenty of that but i just wonder if there are definitely more cases going on than not um Put that in the chat. I'll put that in the chat room real quick. Probably nothing going to come of that. So I'll just post that one and uh, we'll bury it because it's a ghost story. Uh, but yeah, interesting concept. When I read that, I was like, hmm, you know, I didn't really think about that very much. Uh, so last but not least, we have a pretty big story. That's not obviously probably not the biggest. Oh, gosh, Paul, you're right. Wow. Look, I get hurt. I got to get helmets in this chat room. So probably one of the biggest stories of the year. Obviously, we've had this COVID-19 thing going on, uh, if you noticed. Um, but this story here, I don't know. I got to kind of see the dust settle a little bit. But people are freaking out about this. And I, I didn't think anything of it. Uh, I saw the headline and I rolled my eyes because I knew it wasn't true. Um, but I kind of just moved past it. I didn't really think about it. Uh, last Tuesday... The New York Post ran the headline that says uh, NASA scientists detect evidence of parallel universe where time runs backward. The Express, which I, um, you know, the Kingdom paper, uh, they said NASA News, high energy particles in Antarctica could prove parallel universes. Uh, the Daily Star went with the headline. It says, uh, NASA scientists detect parallel universe next to ours, where time runs backwards. Uh, so what's the deal? Many people are wondering, I've seen this on social media, uh, how do I get there? How do I take out my, my doppelganger? How do I become them? I don't want to live in this universe anymore. I'm done with it. Well, none of it's true. Uh, to quote the Forbes article on the topic, uh, scientists actually found evidence of fundamental particles that may defy our current understanding of physics, which is exciting in and of itself without parallel universes thrown in there or time running backwards and all these other scary things. Uh, it might even just be an issue with how particles interact with ice. It's as simple as that. Uh, but of course, we're talking about the media who only cares about click-throughs and shares of articles. They don't care about what you think of it. They only care if you share it. They only care if you uh, get somebody else to read it or you click on a, uh, an advertisement on it. Um, so yeah, click-through, shares. So content accuracy, that's yeah, secondary uh, to getting a good headline and, and the ability for it to be copied and pasted everywhere along with being shared on social media platforms, obviously. That's that's a big piece of it. Uh, but accuracy, schmackeracy, who cares? Uh, so along with that, you know, once you talk about Antarctica, a lot of people in the paranormal field, their ears perk, their eyes roll back, and they instantly think, conspiracy theory, got to be a cover-up. Uh, the mysterious land where every rumor of paranormal activity is thought to be true, along with being a part of mass government cover-up conspiracies. I mean, that's Antarctica is it right now. Uh, everybody thinks everything is going on down there. There's UFOs buried in the ice, and uh, the president's robot self or whatever is living down there, and there's global conspirators gathering there and all these other things. I don't know. I've heard a lot of weird stuff about Antarctica, but um, mostly not true. Well, it's all not true, pretty much. Um, but you can't completely blame the media. So the origins of this story, if you trace it back 
It goes to an article published by the New Scientist back on April 8th. Yeah, April 8th. I almost said 18th. April 8th with the headline that says, we may have spotted a parallel universe going backwards in time. So that's a little misleading. The headline sounds like, well, we do have evidence. It was discovered. Uh, but in reality, if you actually read the story, uh, which you've got to have a subscription to do so, uh, it was more akin to just throwing something against the wall since nothing else seemed to stick. So what really happened with this is back in 2016, a balloon-based experiment known as Antarctic Impulsive Transient Antenna. That all sounds fancy-schmancy, and you know it's an acronym because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Anita. We'll call it Anita. Uh, the balloon floated for over a month, over a million square kilometers of Antarctica, searching for evidence of high-energy particles coming from space. But uh, ultimately, nothing was discovered other, th other than some background noise. Uh, the second and third flight of the balloon over the next two years didn't seem to provide anything useful either until scientists decided to go through all the data obtained by the experiment again. So the big finding actually occurred during the first test flight in 2016. The odd background noise turned out to be not energy particles arriving from space, but actually being emitted from the ground. So shooting out of the ground, which was unexpected. Uh, since then, every hypothesis thought to explain the event has been ruled out, leaving a lot of guesswork in its path. And all the data pointed toward four separate unexplained pieces of data where particles were coming from the Earth. Since then, some physicists, uh, they've been using this data to add to potential evidence of what's called a CPT sym uh, symmetric universe. Uh, so CPT, uh, it's a it's a pretty, yeah, it's a complicated thing, but it's simple at the same time. So CPT stands for charge parity and time reversal. Uh, basically, it essentially states there's a mirror image of our universe where our matter is replaced. Instead of regular matter, it's antimatter. And where time runs backwards instead of forwards. So just basically a mirror image of, of us. I think I look better that way. Yeah. Uh, the important thing here is the initial findings only point to the fact that the standard model concerning neutrinos does not explain this recent detection. That's it. doesn't prove that there's alternate universes or parallel anything, parallel parking or um, Teslas in space. Well, we know there's Teslas in space. Well, there's one. Uh, the trouble comes from the fact that scientists don't know yet where the signals came from, which is why others have used this to explain they came from a parallel universe. Because it makes sense. And it doesn't make sense. But nothing else is working. So uh, some people are using this as kind of fodder for their own work. I guess that's a nice way or a straightforward way to put it. I guess not really nice. Uh, it's completely unfounded. Hopefully other experiments will soon follow, which will focus on the ice, which is really where we need to be looking. If it's coming from the ice, we need to figure that out. Why is it coming from the ice? What's there in the ice? There could be a more mundane explanation and not quite as sexy as a parallel universe, but it might hold the answer to what really is going on. But yeah, no parallel universes. Sorry to spoil it. You can't take a bus. Uh, you can't take a plane. You're stuck here uh, on this plane with us. And uh, bring a book. So again, don't forget, go to Facebook.com. Find Paranews Insider. If you're not following me, you're not liking it, I'm offended. I'm hurt. Not really. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, let me know what your favorite book is. If you have a favorite book in the paranormal, maybe one you want to read, maybe one you want to hear about, you want me to talk about. Uh, as long as I've read it, I'll talk about it. But I'm going to mention uh, as many of the books as I get on there, unless I get 5,000 mentions, which I really don't think that's going to happen. But it might. You never know. I'll talk about some of those books next week, and uh, hopefully that'll motivate me to continue to 
dig into the book of the week and uh, get that get my website updated. I really need to do that. Uh, so with that, I'll definitely see you guys next week. We had a lot of stories already building in the pipeline for next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>